Good morning, guys. This is the Agent Podcast. I'm your host, Oliver Cornley, and today I've got Connor on again. How are you doing, Connor? Yes, doing well. Very well, thank you. How are you? Yeah, not bad. How's uni going? Is it all right? Oh, yeah. I mean, we just finished Christmas break and it's yeah, kind, of, yeah. kind of feels like I've been uh, sl- slingshotted back into it. Catapulted. Yeah. And, and did you have any exams? No, I just yeah. had free coursework units. They, were kind of, they kind of felt like exams, you know, yeah, the longevity yeah. of them. I mean, at Manchester, we had a bit of a break, um, didn't we? But yeah, awesome, man. So um, yeah, Connor and I, guys, are going to be talking about how to price your product. So if you have a product-based business or you're thinking of starting one, if you're doing uh, like drop shipping, for example, or you're setting a clothing brand, selling sweets, whatever it is, if it's a product-based business and you want to learn about pricing, this is the one for you. We're going to be talking about how to structure your plan from A to B. So from sourcing your product and then putting a price on it, valuing how you can do that, and then delivering that to uh, your customers. So be sure to check out our website, ourgen.co.uk. That's ourgen.co.uk. And guess what, Connor? Go on. I'm ready. Free membership. Free of charge. 100%. Free of charge, 100%. You sign up. That's what we love You've got to access hear. to forums. You've got access to podcasts like this. You've got newsletters. You've got startup resources. Lots of amazing stuff in there. So, uh, yeah, let's kick things off, Connor. So, firstly, uh, just to introduce the, the rough structure of things about pricing, is that you've got to look at your competitors in the market. You've then got to choose your technique, which I know you'll talk a bit a lot more on the theory side as well. Yeah, no, of course. And then you, you've got to work out your, your break even. So, you know, what, what does it cost you as a, as a service provider? Um, so then you can make a bit of profit because, you know, you need to make profit. And then finally, we'll touch on sort of adapting that price point, you know, based on customer reaction, because it's difficult first time, you know, to, to get a price right. <laughs> So just a just a firstly, sort of knowing your competitors, okay. So I mean, just give me an example of a product based business, Connor. Well, I think uh, I mean I go back to my roots here. Tesco, I like they have many products. Tesco, okay. I like mean, groceries. how do they? Yeah, exactly. Like groceries. Yeah. I mean, they have tens of thousands of products. How do they figure out sort of price for every single product and figure out yeah. you know how what what are people going to pay for it? You know, they've got different types of customers: rich customers, poorer customers. Any type, how do you figure out this optimal price point? Yeah, no, it's, it's there's in fact, that's a good one actually with Tesco. You're working there, aren't you? As, uh, <laughs> yeah, of course, sort of part time. And okay, so let's let's focus on like groceries, for example. It'd be quite a, a simple one to, to go for. Mm-hmm. Their competitors, I mean, Tesco, are what would say like Sainsbury's, Aldi, yeah, I'd say, Asda. well, the, yeah, the discounters, Aldi and Lidl, obviously a big threat. But yeah, a, yeah. a good thing when you say about this external analysis, looking at the market structure, it's kind of oligopolistic in nature meaning mm-hmm. there's a few leading firms such as you know uh tesco as the sainsbury's and little and stuff. morrison's is you know, dying the, out isn't it but like yeah, morrison's, morrison's is still there out. but then around that you've kind of got this <clears throat> sea of corner shops who aren't don't pose much mm-hmm. of a threat but price is very sensitive so it's not much you can maneuver on so you've got to be very careful exactly um, yeah price 100 and and that's something that you 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 know is bang on there which is your, your pricing you shouldn't just jump straight into like what does it cost you and how do you make money it, it, you've got to look at your competitors mm-hmm. and obviously the supermarket chain and sort of being an oligarchy of held by a couple of firms you know price is extremely competitive i mean have you had any personal experiences because for me um like if aldi was next door to me i would shop there for the rest of my life 
because it's mm. it's cheap right as a student i can't afford nice amazing stuff like sainsbury's or booths or whatever you, you call it you know so like yeah no of course. what about you i mean like do you make a conscious decision about price when you're buying uh, from different... I, well i mean i think i think there is I mean, this may be a bit biased because I work at Tesco. I always <laughs> shop at Tesco. And I kind of, I feel like as, as well as the price, I feel like a store, a good store experience is good. Mm. Now, for example, at Tesco, we kind of strive on making the aisles nice and wide and making sure customers have enough maneuvering space. And I mean, I've been in Aldi and there's been people, you know, playing almost. Yeah. 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 And that, so like that it- makes me want to get out of there. And sometimes I forget some of the stuff that I've originally gone in for and I end up having to go to like a smaller shop on the way smaller home. Smaller shop, so. yeah, yeah. But the, the price is important, like you said. And oh, definitely, like, definitely. With your competitors, so if Sainsbury's, if they are selling a bag of potatoes, let's say two quid, right? And then Tesco come in and they're selling at £2.50, mm. they either have to justify that they're organic potatoes or they're, yeah, they're I don't know, like already they've been processed into cube, whatever it is. There has to have a yeah. value onto that. Otherwise... Obviously, this is only for one item, but if you apply that to all items, then yeah. families with weekly shops, they'll save an extra 20 quid going to, to another competitor. So with your pricing, when you've got your own business, you need to look out there, analyze your market, and just, just it's really easy. Just look online, look at what they're offering. It could be a white T-shirt, as they sell a white T-shirt. Mm-hmm. Okay, they're selling it for three quid. That doesn't mean that you necessarily have to say that yours is three quid because it's a different product. Could be 100% cotton. It could be that it's got embroidery on it, whatever it is. But you need to justify that value, and I think it's a good way to to bracket, you know, because there's a white t-shirt from Gucci for 200 quid, yeah, down to yeah, uh, a dropship 50p a t-shirt. So you, it's, you need to have that bracket. T-shirt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so with your competitors, that's definitely it's a nice uh, bracket point as well, just to, as reference. But more in depth, you've got to look at it as from an analytical point of view and go, okay. He, him over there he's selling it at this price because of this i'm going to try and attract more consumers by being cheaper or adding more value uh for the price for example yeah what's your like differentiating point like you said that mm. i mean let's take fashion for example if there's a big push at the moment for ethical sourcing and waste i'm pretty mm. sure the, the fashion industry makes up for such a high percentage of uh waste i mean yeah you see clothing shops being boycotted and you know there's this sort of fad of fast fashion you know and on my open at manchester i've realized that zara only take 14 days from the drawing board to the to the wow. shelf you know you just talk about lean structures that is one but they sell cheap uh because they can they've got excellent r&d uh facilities and they can mm. just if it doesn't sell, that's fine. We'll get the next, the next song. It's interesting point. you mentioned that with Zara, for example, is that like if you are setting up your own clothing business, for example, you're not Zara. You know, it's not going to take you 14 yeah. days to do that. And obviously, Zara's optimization of their research and development allows them to drive down prices, which is why they're so yeah. successful. Yeah, excellent supply chain, of course, to mention. Exactly. Yeah. No. Exactly. So they can justify their price because they've got an, a structure. Whereas someone who's starting their own business, you know, it's going to take you. It could take you months. Um, you know, to, to actually develop a product. So you've got yeah. to, you know, with your pricing, don't always, don't think of it too critically as well. Um, you know, because Zara, just because they charge less doesn't mean, you know, because they've got better facilities. But of moving course. on to um, sort of like the technique and stuff, because obviously we mentioned there the process, the technique mm. of, of a pricing plan. So, I mean, for me, I don't really have much of the theory. I've got more of the practical. Like, mm. what would you say for would be a good way to start planning your pricing models? Well, I, f- 
I'm coming back to my level business knowledge and some first year stuff, but I think uh, some elements uh, include like psychological pricing, for example. Mm-hmm. Now we come into supermarkets, let's use Tesco, for example, again, and you see all these more value products, you know, those home brands being priced yeah. at 59p, 99p. And it's that psychological pricing where it's, you know, it's under a pound, even though it's only one penny, it's a one hundredth of the year. Uh, pound you still assume oh it's less than a pound it's psychological and i have quite a lot of um firms users you know budget retailers uh wilkinson's mm. do it quite a lot uh pound like i mean obviously they're just marketing i, the hope, that, I hope that's a pound yeah. I, I hope so but i've walked you know, in there and it's never been a pound I no 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 it, it, <laughs> it's some sort of marketing ploy but but it's good uh, yeah yeah there's, there's two but i will say there's two elements of psychological pricing you could i'm going to come back to what you were saying before ollie about uh, Gucci. Now, when we look at luxury goods, there's an element of psychological price in there where you kind of quotations get what you pay for. Mm. And some people, believe it or not, will not buy a good if it's not expensive enough because they don't feel like it's good enough quality when it comes to those sort of uh, prices. So a, a firm who's selling luxury goods can sort of influence the price and have a really high margin because the targeting people who want to look rich. Yeah. Not the rich, mm-hmm. you know. I don't see the big Wall Street traders in the Gucci no. <laughs> t-shirts. I see people my age who have got uh, full-time jobs buying this sort of stuff, trying to look rich or feel rich. And when you look at feeling rich, you want to pay rich prices. It's, and that's it's a value a as well. That, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's, because it's, really it's, it's a brand thing. It's like Apple. You know, you pay for like the brand. And when mm. you're walking in your new Gucci t-shirt, you're thinking, wow, people look at me going, yeah, he's got, <laughs> he's got a lot of money. You know, he's a, he's a good guy. You kind of view differently. And it's a, it's kind of, it's both a cynical view and a good view if you're the purchaser. Oh yeah. It's very good for business. I mean, it's really interesting that psychological sense and it's, it's like that 99 P I think, I don't know if, um, I don't know if you watched it. It's called Mad Men. I know. It. It. It's, it's, um, it's like a series, dramatized series. It was in the 19, set in the 1950s, 60s, when the craze of like the salesman came about in marketing. And that yeah. was when the 99p kind of rule started to come about. And like you said, like it's a penny under a pound, but yeah. it does so much. You view it closer yeah. to 50p. Like, for example, let's say someone's £1.99. You say, oh, it's only a pound. Yeah, Even though it's exactly. you know, so much closer. And I remember back in 2010, I'm pretty sure they were debating making a 99p coin. Because there was that many things <laughs> that were uh, 199, 299. It was just yeah. so much easier to have this coin, but they didn't end up following through of it, but it was in the works. I mean, like what we that just goes with, to show um, there's many firms doing that. Oh, yeah. There's like, for example, with us, with the, the app that I'm developing for the grassroots coaches, like our subscription models on a monthly basis, and we're using the 49, you know, because it's, yeah, exactly. it's the same thing. It, it works. So definitely, guys, if you're considering with the pricing model, if you're considering selling products or even services for that matter, uh, especially products, this this price tag of 99 or 49 or, and, and I think it also makes it a bit random rather than three quid on the dot because that sounds exactly. like you're trying to push profit. It's calculated. I just about to say, it makes yeah. it kind of makes you think, wow, these guys have sat down at the drawing board and gone, <laughs> right, if we have a look at our cost, then add on a percentage margin, then we get to three ninety nine. No, 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 no. It just makes it look cheaper. Yeah, no, definitely. So, uh, guys, definitely have a think about, um, you know, adjusting this sort of like forty nine ninety nine kind of just on the end of it. You know, finalize your pricing, and obviously we'll talk about the cost now as well. 
So with your costs, it's really important. Obviously, as a business, you've got to make money, right? And you've got to work out your break-even analysis sort of point. So what that is, is basically a point in which your sales return all of your investment. So if I bought 10 T-shirts for £2, so that's 20 quid investment, my break-even point is that I have to at least sell them for £2, one penny each to make a penny. Obviously, that's not <laughs> it's not a great margin. But no. then it's not about the product because you've got postage fees if you're selling you know, products online. You've got postage fees, you've got tax. You know, you've yeah. got to add tax on there for the customers especially. Um, if you're selling on Amazon and there's a lot of fees, so what's the Amazon? It's like 13%, something like that. Yeah, but I mean, if you're speaking, speaking about clothes, let's say Depop, for example, 10%. And then if you mm. go through PayPal, it's another 3.4% plus or, a 20p transaction yeah, exactly. fee. So you've got to think about, okay, what platform is best for you? What is the lowest cost possible? But also what's accessible to users? And then work out all your costs. So that's shipping them in to you, a drop shipping or whatever it is. Then it's your labor and time because, you know, there's no, sport spend, no, no point spending 20 hours to get a quid, you know. Then you've got to work out like your fees and all your postage and your stamps and all this sort of stuff. And you've got PayPal, like third-party payment providers. So there's yeah. lots of things that you have to consider before you just make up a, a, a price, you know, off the top of your head. And obviously, um, Connor, with your theory side, I know you're good at this. Is there anything to say on, on the theory side? Sure. So like you said, you perfectly described it as this sort of like process, almost like a chain. And come it, that just really resonates with me because recently I've learned about Porter's value chain which is looking at what value can be added at every stage of the business plan. Now you talk about buying a t-shirt. Do you then put on a logo, which is a bit of value added uh, and you can reflect okay. that in the price. And also you talk about third party retailers. What are, what is the value added by going through PayPal? Is it that safety and security knowing that your payment's going to be uh, made and, you know, it's going to be insured if it gets lost uh, in the post, etc. And by laying out this chain, especially very price conscious, you can then look at cutting out certain activities involved. So for example, let's say I'm going for a Depop and I, I, I buy a t-shirt for £2. I put my logo on it, which is £5. That's £7 in total. I look to then sell it on Depop without PayPal, which saves 3.4%. And since we're working in some sort of oligopolistic market structure, I can then lower the price because I've cut out that activity. Mm. And as a result, more people will buy. And that's a basic concept of something called price elasticity, price elasticity of demand. And that's an economic measure of the change in the quantity demanded uh, in relation to its price change. And you can well, so, if I were to, so if I was, so let's just take it because I just need to yeah, understand yeah, sure, that. So let's do it. if I was, so I bought a t-shirt for two quid, just yep. and then I put a logo on it and mm -hmm. I, I branded that at five quid. Like I, as you said, so you got seven quid. Yep. And then I consciously chose, what is it called? Porter's value Porter's chain. Porter's value chain, yeah. yeah. So I then consciously chose that I don't need PayPal. I'm yep. going to save 5%, let's say. Yep. How does that affect, you said the elasticity, how does that affect that? So what, what I was trying to say is, let's say you save that 5% from PayPal. Mm. What you do is instead of pricing your product at, let's say, £10, you then take 5% off that £10 and yeah, reflects yeah. the lower price of production or lower price in the chain onto the customer. And as a result, 
more people are going to buy it at a lower price, but your profits remain unchanged because mm. you're only reflecting the price, what you cut out in the value chain. Of the PayPal, for example. Exactly. So you're almost exactly. like, with the Porter's value chain, you're almost like um, keeping the customer in mind and how I can drive costs down so then I can attract more customers and increase demand. Exactly. Right? And it, yeah. also, you look at the other side of the value chain and you look at, sort of let's say you work with a huge firm we look at applying that same chain to resource management you look at the sort of departments where value is not added as much mm. is it less less a marginal and you can start to cut out um certain departments and make redundancies and then, then reflects that lower price on your customers and in result uh, more revenue is generated awesome yeah no that's really interesting that i think i, I should go back and uh, have a look at that but yeah no awesome i mean and after, okay, so we've got the Porter's value chain and, and we've lowered our costs, for example, for the customer and our demand's going up and we're making sales and stuff. One good way to, to also toggle demand and also measure that is, is being effective on your pricing. So if you could lower your price because you consciously choose to, like you would come out of your profit, how much demand, how much revenue extra are you going to access through that and then likewise the other way around if you were to increase it what's your demand going to do and in this kind of market reaction is really really important when you're especially especially if you're starting a business from scratch because if you don't know if you haven't had any experience on pricing or you don't know what your uh, customers are like in terms of behavior patterns you know you're not going to get pricing right first time you know there's lots to think about like we said you've got other competitors which is constantly changing they're constantly lowering their prices or increasing them you've got things like new techniques that are coming out and new ways, different ways as well. You've also got what we've just touched on, which is your costs, because your costs could increase or decrease. For example, a country could be locked down and imports go through the roof. So there's lots of dynamic sort of changes happening, and that should also be reflected in your pricing. So just because you've, you've cracked your pricing plan and you've got it all sorted, you shouldn't stick to that, you know, because you've got lots of different variables and you need to test it if it's if your customers are no longer buying. So if your imports increase in terms of costs, you have to increase to maintain your margin, but then you, your demand decreases, so you have to adjust that because you, you need yeah, to stay so in business, it's right? A fine, it's a fine balance. And yeah, it's difficult. Yeah, 100%. You know, it's never changing market. It's never yeah. static. And that's why, I mean, I was just in lecture the other day and we had a look at the Fortune 500 back in 1980. And we have a look at five, wow. Fortune 500 now. And we notice that nearly 70 to 80% of the businesses aren't there. Is that down to, you know, this lack of change and you're know, stuck in their own ways? And you see a lot of products not being bought and going idle because they're just staying the same in price or going up in price. And yeah. they're not measuring the elasticity. And I mean, at Tesco, we have a price integrity system in which prices are changing every day increase and decrease and to meet you know that certain demand and retain our customer base because it's such a broad spectrum of, of consumers right 100 yeah. how do you manage ten thousand products now we've only spoke abstractly about one or two t-shirts this is you know a huge <laughs> yeah. database of you know when once you get the ball rolling you can increase your product rate your product portfolio mm. massively how do you manage to retain a customer base with that yeah, and it's interesting you touched on the portfolio actually, because another way of sort of also psychology of, of pricing is, and you touched on this earlier with like the value stuff, you know, like the home branded mm-hmm. Tesco items. Yeah. If you were to get a basic white t shirt 
and you had a small, let's say you complete a clothing brand and you had a tiny logo on the left chest and you charged five quid for that. But then for a huge logo with a cool design and it's a different fabric, you just charge 20% extra. The value that you create for the customer to buy more product and more value for a fraction of the cost is more likely to incentivize. And this is like hierarchy of pricing as well. Yeah, it's like a typical cinema analogy when they price the small, medium, large. Yeah, that's Ridiculously, right. Ridiculously, yeah. they price, yeah, yeah, they price them very close together to entice you to buy larger. Uh, and we always do, come on, come on. Oh, no, no, of course we do. Yeah, you know, it's got to be that 32 ounce uh, <laughs> yeah. cup. It's never, it's never the 16 ounce. The last thing that is like for, for an extra quid, and I've also seen there's a lot of things nowadays where, you know, like on Starbucks or McDonald's, like the cups. Yeah. Like the small is actually the same as the large in its psychology, yeah, but yeah, you, you pay yeah, extra sixty p. And and also just to finish off, really from a sales point of view, uh, and I think we'll touch on sales later on uh, in a podcast episode, especially with Harry, uh, who's part of the team with his own business. Um, with sales, price is never the problem for the customer. Okay, every day we take out debts to buy phone contracts, for example, to buy mortgages. To we take out debts. Okay. It, People, like you said, full-time workers buying 200 quid t-shirts is not, mm-hmm. you know, on a, on a 20, 30K salary is not a thing to do, right? But you no, still it's not take economically out, sound. No, but you still take the risk, right? And this yeah, is the thing no, is course. that if you create enough value in your product, you can charge any price, but you mm-hmm. have to make sure that you provide enough value to that customer and you have to make sure that they realize that value. So yeah. I could very easily set up a clothing brand and a t-shirt's 500 quid. I could do that. It's not going to be successful probably, but if I was a famous footballer and I put a signature on a t-shirt, I could charge 500 quid very easily. So like, you've got to make sure that the value is, is there and you can charge any price because like I said, people, I mean, I'm sure we've done it. I mean, I'm on a phone contract. I'm on a phone like, contract. <laughs> I think we're all are. And like, if you don't mind me asking, Colin, yeah. how much are you paying for it? Oh, so I think I have an 11 Pro Max. I think I pay 48 a month. Yeah, well, it's a free. It's a free it, no, no, hang on. Oh. I have more. It's a three-year contract as well. That's a three-year contract. Typical, yeah, 48 yeah. quid a month. You see, exactly. like most of us students now, we can't afford, you know, like what's that? 48 times by 36. That's 1,700 quid for a phone. Exactly. Right? Yeah. That's I crazy. Couldn't, like we, we couldn't afford to pay 1,700 up front. But what we do is we take the debt spreading yep. that cost monthly and getting yeah. charged an extra 10%, 20% to yeah, have that phone because you value the phone, right? Yeah, no, of course. And yeah. come back to clothing as well. I see a lot of people using this Klarna. Have you heard of it, Klarna? No, no. It's, a, it's essentially the same thing. You buy something from, let's say, Pretty Little Thing or Boohoo or something, yeah. and you spread the payment over three months and you just okay. end up paying like it's kind of like little ones you know and you buy stuff and you pay more like extra allow, or whatever. allow yeah. you to spread over and that's a few months and that's their sort of revenue making strategy but that's the thing right if you give that option of you know yeah it's like oh i can actually afford it and it's like the same with the 99p it's like oh yeah it's only a quid or, or whatever exactly it was, right so yeah awesome so i hope you guys have learned a lot today especially on pricing with a nice little introduction there um, next week, Connor and I, I think we should talk more about the tech sort of industry as well and maybe yeah. link that to uh, developing a, a service as well. And we can link that to pricing as well. Uh, so, yeah. That's the chain itself. That's where yeah. we can look to incorporate our activities and look at what are we being paid for those sort of activities and what can we provide to the customers. 
Exactly. Provision. Yeah. Providing things to the customer and creating value. Yeah. 100%. So yeah, guys, keep learning, get earning and uh, see you next week.